0: Welcome to this week seven edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, broadcasting from our studios in the heart of Minster, Ohio, home of the five and two Minster Wildcats. Also checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the number 24 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. We have our co-host, executive producer and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Our Bearcats this week, although we gave it less attention than a normal week, probably.
1: I slept through a good bit of it, I think.
0: <laughs> but the Bearcats improved to four and one with a t- 31-21 win over previously two-and-two two Tulsa in what appeared to be a very strange game. I say appeared to be most of it I watched without hearing sound, because it was <laughs> Oktoberfest weekend here in Minster. But I noticed in the game, I saw that Cincinnati had three touchdowns called back on either penalties or replay reviews. Oh, boy. Officially, our Bearcats had 11 penalties for 109 yards, but I was told there were over 25 flags tossed against them during the games, some offsetting penalties and some were declined so they don't show up in the stats. I think it was every other play the entire second half, Rebecca. Lovely. In fact, I think Tulsa had one drive. They may have had negative yards and scored a touchdown. They would lose 10 yards, get a automatic first down penalty, move the ball up, lose 10 more yards, get a pass interference penalty, lose 10 yards, get a personal foul penalty.
1: (laughs) You know, you're not making me excited for next week's game.
0: Next week, our Bearcats have a homecoming special at historic Nipper Stadium against the glorious 1-4 and South Florida Bulls. Not a good year for South Florida, by the way.
1: No, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Oh my goodness!
0: I'm giving the eight foot inflatable bearcat a rest this week.
1: It might be for the best.
0: He's been. Up I in managed the to. For... Uh,
1: I managed to score a ticket to that game. Really, so I'll be. I'll be going. Yeah.
0: Sounds great. We'll have you for the in person report next week. <laughs> by the way, sorry if we're a little late here than usual. The Minster Oktoberfest tends to slow us all down just a bit. I did manage on Saturday to meet some listeners out there. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. Including perhaps our most loyal listener. So I want to give a, <laughs> quick
1: a shout out listener? here
0: to our super fan, Miss Amanda Berger. Never wow.
1: Happens. Listen since episode one, kind of super fan or?
0: No, she came in along the way, but hasn't missed since. She says you're funny, Rebecca.
1: Oh, good. That's what I'm here for, to break up the numbers with an attempt at humor. Now I have two sources that say I'm funny. Amanda and Coach Goodwin from like a year and a half ago. Put it on my
0: resume. There you go. Funny girl, it
1: says. (laughs) Well, not,
0: okay. In an effort to keep this moving along this week, Rebecca, we have just one score of the week.
1: Only one, okay. Scores of the week.
0: And I even went out of state, down south to the great state of Kentucky.
1: What does that say for the Ohio games that you had to go to Kentucky for a score of the week?
0: It says it was Oktoberfest weekend and I've been busy. Okay, good. (laughs) But this game from Kentucky, Knox Central 62, Bourbon County 61. Wow, that's a lot of scoring. It is the most points in a Kentucky high school football game since
1: 1919. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Okay.
0: And just for fun. The opening kickoff of the second half, one of the teams, I believe it was Knox Central, returned it for a touchdown. And on the ensuing kickoff, Bourbon County returned a favor and returned that kickoff. So, <laughs> And just think, no one scored the final two minutes and 37 seconds of the game. Just think how high the score could have gotten.
1: I mean, if it took him an average of 20 seconds to score, you could get another 15, 20 points in there. I did not do the math on that. Nobody called me
0: out. I don't know about you, Rebecca, I'm feeling very upbeat this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am not going to mention any team who has been knocked out of their playoff hopes. <laughs> if we don't mention your team, then either they're already out of the playoffs or they need a monumental upset to survive. Or and, we forgot. As I like to say, no news is bad news, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like this, yeah. That'll speed it up for sure.
0: Diving right in. We're heading to Division 2, Region 8, Rebecca. Let's go. By the way, a surprisingly small number of teams had their playoff status updated this week. I was, I was shocked, I tell you. I expect many more next week. We're going to start out with Piqua, currently number five. They are one of these teams. They are now guaranteed home field advantage for their first playoff game. Now, if they want to get into the top four and get that second home playoff game, they probably need to beat six and one Tip City, Tippecanoe. No small task there.
1: Mm-mm.
0: At number seven, Troy, they took a loss to that same Tippecanoe team last week. They may need to win out and are favored to do so if they want to stay in the top eight in the standings. They're good for the playoffs no matter what. Yeah. At number 11, Sydney. They may clinch their playoff spot this week if they can pull off a win against one and six Fairborn. That sounds doable to me. And finally we have Lima senior number 15. Had to do a little digging on them. They might actually have done enough to hold on to that 15th seed, even if they lose their final three games, which seems really strange to me. But the even if they is lose there.
1: All right. Best of luck to them.
0: This week, however, they are about a five-touchdown underdog to 5-2 and two Fremont Ross.
1: Apologies if you hear any jingling. I need to entertain the cat, otherwise he'll bite me.
0: Scooting down to Division 3, we have three regions to follow there. and Region 10, we have Defiance. Drew Pasteur's computer actually considers Defiance the third-best team in this region, but they fell three spots to number 10 after they beat a winless Lima Bath team last week. If they can get a win over 5-2 and two Salina this week, Defiance will lock down their postseason berth and they'll be right there in contention to try to host their first playoff game. Over in Region 11, Bell Fountain had a big 53-32 win over 5-2 and two Springfield Shawnee, wow. and that vaults them up five positions to number four in the standings.
1: That's pretty impressive to go up five spots this late in the game.
0: It very much is. If they can pull off another such win, they play 5-2 and two Jonathan Alder this week, they will probably get at least one home playoff game. Over in Region 12, another update here, Tips of the Tippecanoe that we mentioned earlier. They are now guaranteed a home playoff game. They are in third place in the standings, moved up thanks to their win over 4-3 and three Troy. Division 2 right. points
1: will do that for you.
0: They have a toss-up game this week against 6-1 and one Piqua. They could win that, look for them to finish in the top four in this region. Mm, juicy. At number four, Wapakoneta moved up two spots this week, thanks to a win over four and three Elida. Lots of teams have been gaining points by beating Elida the last three weeks, unfortunately yeah. for Elida.
1: yeah, It doesn't seem like that's a trend that can easily continue.
0: No, it does not. Wapakoneta should end up in the top eight and host a playoff game. If they want to reach the top four. Get those two postseason home games. Wapakoneta will likely need to run the table against Windless Lima Bath, not so bad. But then five and two Salina and five and two Defiance, much tougher mm. games there.
1: A lot tougher, yeah.
0: Speaking of Salina, they are now number eleven, fell one spot this week. Did not gain many points from beating one and six Ottawa Glandorf, as one might expect. They are most likely in the playoffs. We have not guaranteed it yet, but they look very good for the postseason, even if they lose their final three contests. If they want to host a postseason game, Slina needs to win two more games, but they face 5-2 and two Defiance, 6-1 and one Wapakoneta, and 5-2 and St. Mary's to close out the season. Now, down by the bubble line, Vandalia Butler is currently number 17, one spot out of the playoffs right now. It looks like they need to win two more games. Uh, This week, they play one and six Greenville. It'd be advisable if they won that one. Their other two games are against six and one Piqua and four and three Troy. I'd say the odds are probably slightly against Vandalia Butler, but the hope (laughs) is still alive. Oh, and finally, at number 19, we have that four and three Elida team we mentioned. They are sort of dropping like a rock week by week as they run through the difficult part of the WBL schedule. They also are going to need two more wins. They have a final week game against one and six Lima Shawnee, but before that, they have to survive either five and two St. Mary's or six and one Van Wert. The schedule gets no easier for a lineup.
1: I'm guessing our other two teams on this list are um, unlikely to make it.
0: They need a sizable upset to get back into the conversation. All right. And as I said, we're being upbeat this week. We're not talking. We're being
1: upbeat. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is optimism or just ignoring the negatives.
0: Well, yeah. Sometimes that's a lot easier.
1: Jasper. Yes, <laughs> just put those back up there.
0: Third member of our broadcast crew this week is Rebecca's cat, Jasper.
1: has been knocking things off my counter this whole time. All right. Here you go, bud.
0: Oh, bribery is being used. All right. Bribery
1: is being used. I am not a strict parent. All right, that'll distract him for about two minutes. So let's
0: let's get going. We better get moving. <laughs> our next division is Division 4. And in Region 14, Van Wert has Damn. now been guaranteed a home playoff game. All right, Van Wert. Number 4 Van Wert and number 8 St. Mary's are both heavily favored their final three games. Both of them play our friends from Elida and Windless Lima Bath. Yeah. The difference in the two is in their third game, Van Wert plays one and six Kenton and will probably drop out of the top four and into fifth place, even with winning all three of these games. A one and six team and a winless team really puts a drag on the old computer points. Now, St. Mary's other game is a season ending matchup with five and two Salina, a much tougher win, but a win that should keep them in the top eight if they get it. Good, 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 good. At number 10, Wassian, likely in the playoffs, not guaranteed yet, but likely there, even if they lose their final three games. And they are unlikely to crack the top eight, even if they win the final three games. <laughs> what? <laughs> the computers say they should win two of them. I'm I'm projecting them to finish about number 10 in the standings. We have another one or two of those coming up later in the podcast, Rebecca.
1: All right. I look forward to it
0: moving closer to the cut line at number 14 napoleon even though they're only at number 14 they are also likely in the playoffs after they beat one and six holland springfield this week if they can pull an upset over six and one anthony wayne they could get into the fight for a home playoff game at number 16 brian they're right on the edge they need two more wins if they want to stay on the right side of the edge I don't
1: think they're on the right side of the edge yet, but they will get there. I hope.
0: They play two and five Evergreen this week and have a game against one and six Swanton the week after. Those two wins should do the trick for them. And this is probably the make or break week for number 18, Ben Logan. Ben Logan's currently two and five. They are a three touchdown underdog against five and two Urbana this week. And if they lose this, then they probably have to beat both three and four Graham and one and six Springfield Northeastern. And then they have to watch the scoreboard and hope they get lucky.
1: Mm. Better you know, to get as, out of the way
0: this week, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd rather do it now. But as a fan of sports who is not terribly uh, committed to one team or another in this region, it is kind of exciting when you get to a scoreboard watching game. Terrible and nerve wracking, but. Kind of exciting.
0: I I can't tell you the number of years I've been at the last game of the season with a sheet of paper in my hand, calculating points as every score comes in, trying to be Mm -hmm. able to tell whether my team is in the playoffs or not and who they might be playing in the playoffs so I could tell the coaches right away. Usually I don't find out enough to be able to tell them, but occasionally I do. That's kind of fun.
1: I remember a couple of those years, not any specifically because my memory is terrible.
0: But I have a great story about 1999, which we will not be relating at this podcast.
1: I do not remember that one. I was two.
0: (laughs) Your glory days.
1: (laughs) My glory days at two years old, running around the football field like I own the place. (laughs) Anyway,
0: (laughs) And that is an accurate description, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
1: You know me. Can't keep me away from sports.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think Region 16 is next,
1: <laughs> Let's go. Region 16.
0: Okay. Urbana, currently number six. They have a chance at a home playoff game, but they need to win the next two games where they are big favorites. And that would put them right at number eight, where they could lose a spot if someone else pulls an upset. Um, if that happens, they might need to beat North Union, who is six and 6-1 in Week 10, to solve mm. all their problems. But they are in the playoffs, so they've got that going. I
1: mean, not all their problems. It would just make it better.
0: You may have a point there, yes. We have St. Paris Graham, currently number 12, had an easy win last week. They might just squeeze into the playoffs, even if they don't have any more victories this season but a win in week 10 as a big favorite over winless Indian Lake might just get them all the way there without any doubt. Okay, heading to division five, we start to get a few more teams in each region to worry about here.
1: Division five.
0: Region 18, Liberty Center, number one, highly favored to win out and remain number one and pretty much guaranteed to finish in the top four no matter what happens. So that is an update this week. They are Two home playoff games heading their way. At number three, we have Coldwater. Their final three opponents, New Bremen, Versailles, and Marion Local, have a combined record of 18-3. and three.
1: Yeah, that's a challenge if I've heard one. Yes,
0: One win for them is needed to host their first playoff game. Two wins should allow them to host two playoff games. And three wins doesn't do much for the playoffs, but gets them that coveted outright MAC title
1: hmm that's almost bigger than the championship trophy
0: moving down to number six archbold it looks like they're golden for their final three games but even if they win them all they're probably only rising one spot to number five yeah they're pretty much locked in the one home playoff game
1: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of room above them
0: at number 10 delta will make the playoffs if they upset five and two wasi on this week if they lose Then they need to beat 4-3 and Patrick Henry the following week to reach the postseason for certain. Although if they lose out, they could still get in. Maybe at like number 16 if things break right for them. In 11th place, we have Liberty Benton. They should be in the playoffs. Not guaranteed yet, but they should be there if they beat 2-5 and Arcadia next week. Unfortunately for Arcadia, they're going to come up a couple of times, people needing that win to get into the playoffs. Liberty Benton, if they can beat 5-2 and Pandora-Gilboa this week, that'd be even better. They'd be locked in for sure.
1: We'd love to hear that.
0: Always nice to get that out of the way before the last week or two of the season. Mm-hmm. At number 12, we have an unfortunately interesting team.
1: Unfortunately interesting is a term.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, Tenora struggled and failed to survive their coaching change last week. Oh, Okay. In theory, they're a big favorite this week against one and six Polding, which should get them into the playoffs. But when you get a little turmoil in the program, it just makes it a little harder to predict what they're going to do the rest of the year.
1: The focus might have been a little bit too much on the drama and not enough
0: on the football, huh? That can happen. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And finally, in this region, we have Bluffton. They are five and two. Nice record.
1: That is a good record
0: but they're still and, only in 16th place.
1: Oh, we've seen good records make, uh, miss before. We'll see it again.
0: They play 6-1 and one Allen East this week. And if they lose this game, they may need a win in Week 10 over 5-2 and two Columbus Grove to make the playoffs.
1: That is going to be a challenge.
0: That'll be... Now you talk about some drama. That's the kind of <laughs> drama we like, right?
1: That is the kind of drama we like.
0: Okay, heading down south in Division 5, Region 20. Milton Union actually climbed one place to number four after they played Doan Community School last week. If you remember, they had to schedule that because Covington canceled out on them. That game did Mm -hmm. not count in the computer points. So the computer thinks they had an open week, but their average went up, probably get better than if they would have won their game against Covington. Interesting. Often teams with good records get a bigger increase in their average from having an open week than from playing a winless team or a one win team not a yeah
1: yeah that is how stats work and that's also why when i was in high school there were people who had higher the gpas than me because they took study hall instead of band and you know that one b i got freshman year
0: that didn't help either that one b i can just feel the pity pouring (laughs) Through the podcast to you, I can just feel it.
1: Mm. Don't worry, listeners. I got many, many, many more Bs in college. I'm sure that
0: also brings so much yeah, pity. I, the, the pity is just, that, rolling. That it's just rolling here. I tell you,
1: <laughs> I think I got one C plus.
0: <laughs> Calc two was brutal. But back to Milton Union, I expect them Finish to in the top four, so they get those two home playoff games. At number seven, Jamestown Greenview. They are still a three to five touchdown favorite in their remaining games. Not much drama there, is there, Rebecca?
1: Not really, no.
0: But even with three wins, they should probably not rise higher than one spot to number six. Really no drama at all. Really kind of dull from our perspective.
1: Yeah, there's a certain comfort in having no drama, though.
0: I just saw a study today that says people would give up their paycheck in return for a stress-free day.
1: Hmm. I don't but think I, I would.
0: I think I'd be stressed if I had no paycheck. So kind of tough yeah, it depends on
1: the scale of the paycheck and the scale of the normal stress load.
0: You know what I say about studies, right, Rebecca?
1: Uh, studies show that 80% of studies are true?
0: Actually, there's a study that shows that 50% of all studies are not true, huh. which means 50% and are true.
1: Which means the study you listen to was probably not right.
0: That was a 50-50 chance. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Back to Region 20, Preble Shawnee, number eight. They are heavily favored in two of their last three games, and getting those two wins should allow them to stay in the top eight, which is, I'm sure, what they're after here. Host that home playoff game. Okay. Division six. Region 22. Look at all those teams. Not a single change in playoff status on the board. Very consistent. Of our one, two, three, four, five, six teams who still look good for a playoff chance. Only one of them won this week. Ooh. And that would be Columbus Grove, who's number four. Ooh. And they are a five-touchdown favorite in their next two games.
1: Yeah, they're they're sitting pretty good.
0: Yeah, they should be able to keep their home playoff game for sure. Uh, to stay in the top four, though, they're also going to have to beat 5-2 and two Bluffton to end the season. At number 12, Patrick Henry, likely in the playoffs already, which is a good thing for them. They are underdogs in their final three games against opponents whose combined record is 18 and three. At number 14, Mount Blanchard Riverdale, also likely in the playoffs already. And they are also really big underdogs in their next two games. But in week 10, they play two and five Arcadia, which would allow them to breathe a lot easier if they pulled off that win. Okay, we have now reached a portion of this region where we travel to the wrong side of the bubble here. Evergreen is currently number 17. I say they need a win in week 10 over one and six Swanton to get into the playoffs. If they really want to get in the playoffs, they should beat three and four Bryan this week, though. And at number 18, Wayne Trace. They can keep their hopes alive if they beat winless Sherwood Fairview this week.
1: That's not going to help much, but it's better than a loss.
0: It just keeps the hopes alive. After that, they will probably also need to upset 6-1 Ayersville. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number 19, Van Buren, in pretty much the same boat. They are going to need a win over 6-1 Arlington next week to keep their hopes alive. Moving down to Region 23. West Jefferson. Currently number 12, West Jefferson clinched their playoff spot this week. Although since it happened after they lost... To five and two West Liberty oh, Salem, no. they probably didn't pop the champagne bottles in the in the locker. Room.
1: They're also teenagers.
0: Oh yeah, that could be a problem. <laughs> West Jefferson will need to win out if they want to get a home playoff game. They start against three and four Triad this week. By the way, Rebecca, I was actually in West Liberty for the first time in my life two weeks ago. Uh, okay. It was the starting point for that week's Burger Boys bike ride. Oh, there's a nice trail goes along a railroad track from Bell Fountain to West Liberty and then onward from there. In a way, it's really nice because a lot of the roads go over top, so you don't have to cross roads. But there was nobody on it, maybe because they did a kind of crappy job on the paving and there's this layer of gravel over top of it.
1: You've heard it here, folks. This is where we start our initiative against gravel paved roads. It's where we bring it to the public.
0: It all, I hate it almost as much as Chip and Seal, which is the root of all evil, by the way.
1: it's You know it's bad when something is outranked soccer in Dad's mind as the root of all evil.
0: I think I've come around a little on soccer thanks to... Uh, ten Blasso?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a little.
1: Just a little
0: bit. Okay, we're moving to Region 24 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, not they, a lot they, of they, soccer they, they. playing teams here i don't think
1: not not once we get to the lower divisions we don't have the kind of money for that space and good football fields
0: and enough boys in the school to play both soccer <laughs> and,
1: and enough <laughs> boys in the school yeah
0: we'll start with Marion local they remain number one they're gonna end the season number one even if they lose a game or two
1: yeah i can't say i'm surprised by that one
0: <laughs> in most regions the goal is to make the top 16 and get into the playoffs. In this region, teams want to get into the top 15 and not play Marion Local. Moving down to number three, if they can get a win over 1-6 and St. Henry, Versailles should ensure a home playoff game. If they want to finish in the top four, they need at least one and probably two wins against their other two opponents, undefeated Coldwater and 5-2 and two <laughs> Minster. That'll be tough to get.
1: That will be tough
0: to get. Doable, though, for a defending state champion like for sales, I would.
1: Hate hate to stare down that schedule and have anything actually rough on the line.
0: At number four, Allen East should finish in the top four if they get a win over 5-2 and two Bluffton this week. And they are big favorites in their two games to finish the season. At number six, Tri-Village. Two more wins will be needed to get a home playoff game if they win all three, they should earn two home playoff games. And this is very possible. They are three touchdown or more favorites in all three of those games.
1: Oh, yeah. Look for Tri-Village
0: to inch up the standings as the season wears on. Number nine, National Trail. If they want a chance to host a game in the playoffs, they need two more wins. Three wins would pretty much guarantee it. Unfortunately, Three wins might be tough. They are a three-touchdown underdog in their final game of the season against Tri-Village.
1: Hmm, what a coincidence. We just talked about them.
0: I find to be one of the more interesting teams here as far as playoff possibilities. Parkway, currently 15th. They dropped three places last week. They could have fallen farther, but they received another win from 5-2 and two Pioneer North Central, who just keeps bringing in the second-level points for them. Parkway finishes against three two and 2-5 teams in Fort Recovery, Delphi, St. John's, and Anna. One win likely gets Parkway into the playoffs. A second win should get them away from that number 16 seed and a game against Marion Local. At number 16, Twin Valley South, right on the cut line. They need two more wins to stay on the right side of the cut line. Hey, they're a two-touchdown favorite in two of their last three games. <laughs> Ooh, things look good for Twin Valley South.
1: (laughs) You do like setting up these statements, huh? (laughs) Raise the stakes and then quickly drop them.
0: (laughs) One of my great joys in life, I guess, huh? (laughs) As I often say, it's the little victories that make life worthwhile, right? Sure is. Uh, Speaking of a team that needs a little more than a little victory, Arcanum is number 20th right now. They're probably going to be out unless they can upset five and one Preble Shawnee this week. So that would be a big victory they need. And finally at number 21, we have Anna. They need to either beat Marion Local this week. I'm not holding my breath on that one. <laughs> or win their final two games against two and five Fort Recovery and two and five Parkway. Mm. That seems doable, maybe.
1: Better odds, yes. Not,
0: not easy, but doable. All right, Rebecca. <laughs> I need to take a breath here
1: yeah understandable
0: (laughs) we're heading to division seven now i'm just guessing rebecca you don't seem to me like the monday night football type of person
1: i sure am not
0: so i don't know if you realize monday night football is currently on espn nope could could not tell you well what's intriguing about that is i rarely watch the game on espn But half the Monday night football games during the season are on ESPN2 also on something called the Manning cast. Okay. And on this, they show the game, but also have Peyton Manning and Eli Manning zooming in from their basements, providing analysis. (laughs) Okay. They also tend to have guests who usually bring nothing to the broadcast and actually detract from it quite a bit. Although this week, there was one that was actually fairly decent, an actor named John Hamm. You familiar with him?
1: Yes. The guy from Cheers who's in all of the Pixar movies?
0: No, no, no. Not him.
1: No, that's John Raltenberg. He played a pig named...
0: This guy was on... You would probably know him from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Ah, okay.
0: I only knew him because he's in the progressive commercials trying to date the creepy insurance lady, Flo.
1: I didn't know that Flo had a romance in those commercials.
0: <laughs> so I thought he was just some nobody that they were saying. was. Oh, actor, no, that he was an actual actor.
1: I mean, I know I don't know who John Hamm is, but I've seen him.
0: <laughs>
1: he's in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, you know.
1: He's in Mad Men. That's
0: a big one. Yeah, that was the big one. But I have not seen Mad Men. So I'm.
1: he's also in Good Omens, which was big in my community and not in uh, the major community.
0: But anyway, the point of all this, if there is one.
1: In the Top Gun movie.
0: Yeah, he was in the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Anyway, during the football game, there was a protester run out onto the field, thought it was a streaker at first, turned out just wearing lightly colored, flesh colored clothing kind of. And the NFL doesn't like to show these things on air because they don't want to promote it. Right. But as it was going on, of course, Peyton and Eli Manning are, are going well, we're just the B broadcast, surely we're allowed to show it right. <laughs> and lo and behold, suddenly there's a picture of the protester running across the field with one of those purple smoke things attached to him, like you see okay. at soccer games or at yeah, 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 mountain stages of bicycle races. And then one of the players came out and just leveled the guy, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> And Peyton and Eli did the play-by-play of the tackle, about the form of the tackle and how it was a veteran move, getting, getting the guy to the ground and then getting out of the way, but letting the police handle it from there. It was, it was fantastic. It was the best part of the whole broadcast Monday night. So.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like those baseball or soccer games where a cat gets on the field and all the players just huddle around it and try and herd it away. It's so cute. But this is a, a, a different rain, end of that scale
0: one Not year cute I remember one game years ago when the NFL players were on strike and they brought in replacement players for about three <laughs> games okay but in one of those games a squirrel got on the field <laughs> and the and the camera goes watching the squirrel charge down the field and the announcers you know go crazy when it crosses the goal line and this little <laughs> and this little graphic shows up on the screen says replacement squirrel <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> It's things like that that make these broadcasts worthwhile. (laughs) So are we recovered enough now that we can take on the massive Division 7, Rebecca?
1: I think I'm ready to go, yeah.
0: Okay. Region 26, then. We actually have a couple of updates in this region. Ooh. We'll start with number one, Macomb, and number three, Waynesfield-Goshen. Both are now guaranteed to host their first playoff game. Excellent. Also, both teams should win out. And if that happens, they should probably both host a second playoff game. Wow. Okay, cool. And both teams can probably survive one loss when they're favored and still have this happen. Good news for Macomb and Waynesfield Goshen, I'd say.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: At number two, we have Ayersville. They have a big, big game against undefeated Antwerp this week. If they can get that win, Ayersville probably ends up number one in the region. If they lose... There's probably no way they can make the top four. So quite the difference between winning and losing this game. Antwerp
1: is also in this region, right?
0: Yes. By the way, just for fun, the exact same situation applies to Antwerp. Win and they might be number one, lose, and they're not going to be in the top four. That sounds like a WOSN game that might be on TV this week, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it sounds like a nail-biter.
0: Yeah. At number six, we have Arlington. They took their first loss of the season last week. If they want to host a first-round playoff game, they are still going to need to win two of their final three games. Looks possible, but not guaranteed. At number seven, Edgerton, a big favorite this week, but they will need to pull a large upset in one of their other two games to host their opening round playoff matchup. Number eight, Pandora-Gilboa. I believe we mentioned them earlier somewhere. Oh, probably related to the fact that Pandora-Gilboa needs to beat Five and two Liberty Benton to host a first round playoff game. I think Liberty Benton needs that same win, if I remember Mm -hmm. right. A loss in that game, and they're probably going to finish no better than number nine in the final standings. Speaking of number nine, we have Lima Central Catholic.
1: LCC, yes.
0: They have now qualified for the playoffs with their 26 to 23 win over three and four Lucas last week. So now they look towards hosting a playoff game. To do so, LCC needs to win out. And this week's win, or this week's game against 4-3 and Licking Valley looks to be something of a toss-up. So another game to keep your eye on.
1: Sounds like an exciting region this week. I
0: think so, yeah. And here's one of those big movers, Upper Soto Valley, jumped five spots from 18 oh. up to 13 last week.
1: Who did they play?
0: They played... Harden Northern, who dropped three spots from number 12 down to number 15 this week. Ah, yep. Upper Soto Valley looks good to win out, but if they do so, I don't think they're going to make number eight, number nine at best, I think. So probably on the road to start the playoffs. Speaking of Harden Northern, if they win their next two games, in which they are heavy favorites, they should make the playoffs, even with a spot or two to spare. Maybe a 14, 15 seed, something along those Mm. At number 16, we have Convoy Crestview. They fell two spots in order to land right on the right on the cut line here. They now need to win out to make the playoffs. Uh, they're big favorites the next two weeks. Games that won't provide them too many computer points, however. And then they are going to end the season against three and four Lipsick, which will probably be a crucial game for them and maybe for Lipsick also. And as usual, down to the wrong side of the bubble here. <laughs> Delphus Jefferson, currently number 17. They're close, but not quite. Needs two more wins, but they are underdogs the next two weeks. A win over three and four Lipsick this week would really, really help their cause. Really, really. At number 19 is Delphus St. John's. I will get to see them this week as they travel to play five and two Minster. They need two more wins also. If they lose to Minster, that means they would have to beat two and five Parkway and six and one New Bremen. A big game for Delphi St. John's. Minster fans, look out. Delphus is going to be up for this one, I would say. And at number 20, we have Lipsick. They probably need a win against Delphus Jefferson this week to stay alive. Uh, the same thing goes for number 21, Ridgemont against three and four Marion Elgin this week. And it probably also goes for number 18 Ada in their game against five and two Columbus Grove. So we we could be losing a few teams in next week's recap.
1: Yeah, optimism says they'll all win out and everyone will be fine. Realism, with a slight hint of optimism, says if we lose a couple, well, this section will be shorter.
0: <laughs> Not that, that
1: I want to.
0: That does feel like the most likely outcome. I mean, this week I'm, I get the feeling just when every game goes about the way it's supposed to, nothing changes in the computer projections, right? I have a feeling that is what we're seeing this week, why there's so few changes. But, hey, we have an update right out of this shoot in Region 28, Rebecca. Yeah? By the way, Region 28, we've commented before, the bottom of this region, not the toughest in the world. (laughs) The average computer points that you need to make the playoffs in this region actually dropped this week.
1: Oh, boy.
0: It never happens.
1: (laughs) I, I don't know how to wrap my head around that.
0: You'll see that later when we're talking when you see that the teams that are currently ranked 8, 11, 12, 15, 16, 17, 19 and 19 all lost last week.
1: Okay.
0: But Somebody's we'll got to Yeah, someone has to lose, that's for sure. First we'll start with some winners. Ansonia now guaranteed to host their first playoff game. Actually, they are heavily favored to win out and finish number 1 in the region. And maybe I shouldn't say heavily favored, they do have a game against five and one Preble Shawnee next week. If they lose that, they would drop all the way down to number two.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: Start printing a couple of sets of home playoff tickets for Ansonia. Speaking of number two, Fort Larmy has climbed back up into that spot. Currently five and two. They have almost locked up a home playoff game. One win over either three and four Lucas or four and three Lima Central Catholic should earn them a second home playoff game as well. At number four, New Bremen dropped one spot this week after they played one and six St. Henry last week. Hey, more points available now. If they can get a win over seven and O Coldwater this week, they should be able to stay in the top four.
1: That's the rub, isn't it, though?
0: Otherwise, if they can't pull that off, wins over both five and two Minster and two and five Delphi St. John's will probably do the trick also. At number five, we have DeGraff Riverside. Heavily favored to win their next two matchups and grab a home playoff game. If they want to get in the top four, they will also need a Week 10 upset of undefeated Milton Union. I'm going out on a limb and predicting I like Milton Union that game, actually.
1: Yeah, I think you never know, but Milton Union's pretty, pretty strong.
0: Yep, much bigger school also. Much bigger. At number six, our own Minster Wildcats. They are actually favored this week against two and five Delta St. John's. But a win in that game might not be quite enough to finish in the top eight. That will probably require a win over either 6-1 and one New Bremen or 5-2 and two Versailles. Difficult tasks indeed. A sweep of those three games should get them into the top four, which would really be something after last year's 1-9 and nine season. It would be nice. At number eight, we have Mechanicsburg in the playoffs. But if they want that first-round playoff game by remaining in the top eight, they need a win in their next two games. They're favored in both games, though, so seems likely. They also have a game in Week 10 over West Jefferson, which could net them the second home playoff game possibly or make up for if they lose one of the next two. Oh, at number nine, Cedarville. Newly playoff-bound Cedarville. And I was just saw a tweet earlier this week. It's the first time they've had a winning record this late in the season for many years, so. Hmm. Nice to see a team like Cedarville come up and get into the playoffs, ready to go here, having a nice year. You know what, Rebecca, my voice and my eyes are both going out on me. Why don't you take over for a little bit here?
1: Okie dokie. All right. After number nine, Cedarville, we've got number 11, South Charleston Southeastern on our list, and they need to win their final three games in order to challenge for a home playoff game. They're highly favored this week against 0-7 Madison Plains. So that that's one of them. I don't know the other two, but that's one of them.
0: We'll worry about the other two next week on Future Podcast.
1: Hey, there we go. Moving on to number 12, Fort Recovery. They've got a good, healthy, productive source of second-level points in Urbana. Oh, Urbana won again. Wow. So more second-level points for Fort Recovery. They have... Three more games in their season against two and five Parkway, two and five Anna, and one and six Saint Henry. Those feel winnable. They'll probably finish in tenth if they do that, and twelfth if they lose all three. So that's a nice solid playoff berth wherever they end up. Moving on, number fifteen Sydney Layman Catholic. They're probably playoff bound already. Not locked in yet, but yeah, you know, they'll probably get there. They're on the good side of the bubble. A win over their next game one and four Covington, who has not played in the next two weeks. What are the odds they play again this week? <laughs>
0: well actually they have just canceled next week's game already. So, so
1: the Sydney Lehman game canceled or the one after?
0: One after. So
1: <laughs> they really I, want they, to play Sydney Lehman, huh?
0: I hear they are, but you know, always have my doubts.
1: Okay. Well, they'll be hopefully playing Sydney Lehman and Covington that game next week. So that should give Stanley Lehman a little bit of security, and maybe their points will go up if they don't play that game. Who True. knows? And then they've got another game the next week over with 1-6 in six, Troy Christian. That That should help their points as well and their chances. Moving on again! I think I've said moving on already, but memory problems, as we've said. Number 16, right on the line, Troy Christian. Their best hope to stay on that line or move up is... Not their next game, but their week nine game against two and five Sydney Lehman. The same team we just talked about. (laughs) I shouldn't be allowed to talk unsupervised. Anyway, Troy Christian's game against Sydney Lehman in week nine will be needed to keep their 16 seed. And other two-week wins would help as well, but it seems less likely. On the other side of the bubble, St. Henry, they're at number 17. They need another win. They need two wins. They need another win. They only have one to reach the playoffs. As Dad was talking about, you need two wins to get into the playoffs in this region for quite a few teams. So they've got that opportunity with an upset over Versailles or Marion Local. Unlikely, probably, but it would sure lock them in. Otherwise they need a win against two and five Fort recovery in the final game of the season to grab that 16th spot for sure. And I think that's it for that region. And we get to go on to eight man. How are you feeling there, dad?
0: I'm feeling much better now.
1: Do you you trust
0: me to to do this
1: more in the future?
0: Maybe when (laughs) I have more complete notes and don't have so much shorthand included.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I think I did. Okay.
0: (laughs) In our eight man. Currently, number one, Holgate beat Stryker 50 to 14 last week. 50 to 14? And according to the Northern Eight Conference Twitter account, they have now clinched home field for the first round of the Northern Eight Conference playoffs. But as you may remember, with there being six teams in this playoff, two teams get a bye and get a host to home playoff game. Teams three and four also get a home playoff game against five and six. So four of the six teams will get a home playoff game in that. So clinching a home playoff game, maybe not the biggest thing in the world. I, however, imagine Toledo Christian and the Tri-State Kings Crusaders have also locked up two of the other three home field spots in that playoff to come. And this week, the game to look for, Holgate, number one, playing number two, Toledo Christian. Very close in the computer points. This could be a game that says a lot towards who wins our coveted Bruce Monin's Computer Points Eight Man State Championship Trophy.
1: So update clinch is to settle or make final, cinch is to fasten tightly. And I would say they're pretty interchangeable in that statement, but people say cinch is uh, the wrong one to use in the word, in the phrase. So good job, but they mean very similar things.
0: I always thought of it as. A team might be a cinch to win, but once they've won, they've then clinched the reward.
1: Cinching is like a grabbing. Clinching is like a finality in a contract.
0: Okay, we'll take it.
1: It's very confusing.
0: Oh, by the way, wrapping up our eight-man football, I also wanted to note, for the first time this season, Holgate now at number one, more computer points than the Indiana member of this league, the Tri-State Kings Crusaders. Ooh. Very nice. I have no idea how they calculate league standings for the seedings in their playoffs, so I don't know where that stands. All we care about for our state championship though is the top computer points. That at the moment is Holgate, Detroit Christian hovering right behind.
1: If I believe you mean Toledo Christian.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Toledo Christian.
1: If the tri-state crusaders were to end up with more computer points than Holgate. Would we send a trophy to Indiana?
0: We would not.
1: Excellent. <laughs> Gotta keep our Ohio pride. All right.
0: Oh, so, Anyway, this week, all comments, questions came in person in the middle of that 60,000 member throng at the Minster Oktoberfest Park. This week, were... we need them by email or Twitter, don't we, Rebecca?
1: We sure do. Although, if you can find one of us, I, we might listen. It depends on where you stop us. I have a busy schedule I and barely enough do free actually, time to this do this. Week, so. But yeah, send Perfect. those in to bdmonin at nktelco.net or submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin or stop by Dad's office hours at Bud's on Wednesday afternoons.
0: Which I skipped this week. Sorry if you came looking for me, by the eh,
1: way. It's Oktoberfest. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for your questions in advance. And go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or iHeartRadio. Or Google first monitor's computer points, and you'll get the stats and probably the podcast. So, best of luck to you on that.
0: One final personal note for those of you who read my weekly column in the Salina Daily Standard. Next week, we go to two columns. There'll be an early week column, which is a recap of the week before and where the computer points are. And there'll be one later in the week where we project what happens for all the games the rest of the season and try to predict where all the MAC and WBL teams will end in the standings and who they will play in the playoffs. And of course, I'll be stealing some of that information for this podcast right here on Bruce Bonin's Computer